Hello, this is Pastor Corey Ehrman. You're listening to my podcast. I hope it blesses, encourages, and inspires you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will touch you through this teaching. Thank you for tuning in, and God bless. Now, when it comes to the anointing, you know, there's a way to increase the anointing on your life. Increase the anointing on your life. And the way the anointing increases is as you grow in the spirit and as you continue to yield more to the anointing, it'll begin to increase. So there are many ways for the anointing to increase or to, to even to decrease because you can have the anointing decrease on your life. If you're not walking right with the Lord, if you're not walking in holiness, purity, the anointing will begin to to decrease and there are people that used to carry powerful anointings and not even carrying the anointing anymore i mean look at what happened to saul god gave him a chance king saul he carried the anointing god actually used him supernaturally but the bible says that there came a time because of his disobedience and rebellion and that the anointing lifted and actually an evil spirit came in the place of the anointing so so the anointing can increase or decrease and there are some things that you need to do for the anointing to increase on your life. Now, let's just look at some, look at our foundational scriptures based on, you know, for the anointing. Then I'll begin to talk about this. But let's go to some foundational scriptures on the anointing. Go to Luke chapter 4. Our first foundational scripture. Look in Luke. You're supposed to laugh. Haha, <laughs> that was a joke. Try it. All right. Luke chapter 4, verse 14. <clears throat> then Jesus went back full of and under the power of the Holy Spirit into Galilee, and the fame of him spread throughout the whole region round about. And he himself conducted a course of teaching in their synagogues, being recognized and honored and praised by all. So he came to Nazareth that Nazareth where he had been brought up, and he entered the synagogue as was his custom on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And there was handed to him the roll of the book of the prophet Isaiah, and he opened or unrolled, so that was like a scroll, not a book like we have today, like these, but it was basically an entire scroll of Isaiah, one continuous scroll. And he opened... Or unrolled the book of the prophet Isaiah. He opened, unrolled the book, and found the place where it was written. That would be Isaiah 61, verses 1 and 2. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news, the gospel, to the poor. He has sent me to announce release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. And to send forth as delivered those who are oppressed who are downtrodden, bruised, crushed, broken down by calamity. I mean, you heard t testimonies of the youth, people being healed from the abuses, hurts. You know, that's exactly what, what that is. A lot of people have been, you know, hurt, downtrodden, bruised, crushed, broken down by calamity, trauma, abuse, you know, being mistreated. And so there's that deliverance that comes, okay? So you can see the anointing to preach the gospel, the good news. 
to announce release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, sent forth as delivered those who are oppressed, who are downtrodden, bruised, crushed, broken down by calamity, to proclaim the accepted and acceptable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and the free favors, everyone say free favors, free favors of God profusely abound. So Jesus talked about the anointing, how he was anointed. And then we find this in manifestation in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, where it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all those oppressed of the devil. So sickness, disease, oppression, all of that brought healing. Amen. Hallelujah. So he brought healing by the anointing. Amen. Now then go to Luke chapter 5, verses 15 through 17. But so much the more the news, so much the more the news spread abroad concerning him and great crowds kept coming together to hear him and to be healed by him of their infirmities but he himself withdrew to the wilderness and prayed one of those days as he was teaching there were pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come from every village and town of galilee and judea and from jerusalem and the power of the lord was present with him to heal them so the power of the Lord was present to heal. And then go to 1 John chapter 2, verse 20, on the subject of the anointing and our foundational scriptures on the, the anointing. But you have been anointed by, you hold a sacred appointment from, you have been given an unction from the Holy One and you know all the truth or you know all things and then go to verse 27 in the same chapter but as for you the anointing the sacred appointment the unction I like that the sacred appointment the unction which you receive from him abides permanently in you so then you have no need that anyone should instruct you but as but just as his anointing teaches you, so you can see the anointing teaches also, instructs and teaches. So the anointing heals, the anointing delivers, the anointing instructs, the anointing teaches. Amen? Hallelujah. Concerning everything, and is true and is no falsehood, you must abide in, live in, never depart from him, being rooted in him, knit to him just as his anointing has taught you to do. And then one more scripture, this will be from Isaiah, the 10th chapter, book of the prophet Isaiah, so please unroll the scroll. For you, it'd be probably clicking on your screen and go to verse 27, Isaiah, the 10th chapter and the 27th verse. And it shall be in that day that the burden of the Assyrians shall depart from your shoulders and his yoke from your neck. The yoke shall be destroyed because of the fatness which prevents it from going around your neck. 
the yoke shall be destroyed because of the fatness. And if you would look in the King James, it says the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. The yoke shall be destroyed from off thy neck shall be removed, taken away. The burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck. So this is what we call the burden removing, yoke destroying anointing. When you hear the burden removing, yoke destroying anointing, that's what we are referring to. So the anointing comes to remove burdens, heal sick bodies, not only brings physical healing, but you can see that there's also that healing that comes to the soul of man. That's where the hurts are. That's where the, that's where the, the emotions are, the hurts, where people have been hurt by abuse, people have been, have been hurt by different things, and then, of course, that they, they need that emotional healing. Now, some people call it inner healing. The only thing you have to understand about inner healing is it, there's no spiritual healing. Your spirit doesn't need to be healed. Your spirit needs to be saved. It's the soul that needs the healing and the body that needs the healing. So if somebody comes to talk to you that, that you need spiritual healing, that's not even biblical. Your spirit is born again. It's brand new, you, a new creation. The life of God is there. The divine nature doesn't need any healing. But it's the soul. So when we talk about inner healing, the, in the, the healing to the inner man, the inner person, it's in the realm of the soul, the mind, the will, the emotions. That's where the soul, sometimes it's, it's called, we call it a fractured soul. People have obviously hurts from abuses, from rejection, offenses, uh, you know, verbal abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, religious abuse. Oh, some people have been religiously abused. Oh, seriously. You know, and so emotional abuse, verbal abuse, physical abuse, and so any kind of abuse that causes an injury, not only physically, but a lot of the injury, people look like they're kind of whole on the outside, but they're injured on the inside, the brokenhearted. That's where the healing comes. So the anointing is there. And the anointing manifests, which is the power of the Holy Spirit manifesting. And there's always a reason for the anointing to manifest. There's always a purpose. The anointing, which is the power and the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, never comes just for the heck of it. Doesn't come there for you to have goosebumps. Doesn't come there for you to have a good time in church. That's not the purpose of the anointing. Yeah, of course, when the presence of God is there, there's joy. There's peace, there's, you know, wonderful things. So it is a good time in the presence of the Lord. That times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. So it is a time of refreshing. So we can refer to it as a, man, we had a great time, a good time in church. When you have church, real church, when you really have church, there's always going to be something good that's going to happen. People are going to be blessed. People are going to have joy. People are going to have peace. Amen. People are going to be refreshed. People are going to be strengthened. People are going to be encouraged. People are going to be comforted. So all of that is going to happen. But the ultimate purpose, obviously, is not just that we have a good time. Because we're not here to cheapen the anointing. It's not some kind of a show. This is not some entertainment. This is not charismatic entertainment. And, of course, you know, in some charismatic circles, it's, the anointing is there. Like, it's like an entertainment. 
and then they, the, the weirdest and the funkiest things happen. And then they, people act all weird and flaky, and, and it's just like, you know. And, and then sometimes they fake it. They, so, you know, just because people manifest doesn't always mean it's the Holy Spirit. It could be demons manifesting. It could be sometimes the flesh. Some people just manifest the flesh, just kind of hyping it, trying to look like they're getting touched to get attention. And, and you, but I can, I can tell the difference between the manifestation of the Spirit and somebody just faking it. And sometimes I'll turn to people and say, stop that. And if they keep doing it, remove them. And the moment they're out the door, all of a sudden it stops for some reason. You know. Amen. But, you know. <laughs> so it's not just always the spirit and it's not just demons. And it could also be flesh and just people... Some people are just jerking all the time because they're just jerks. <laughs> but look at this. The, the anointing teaches you. The anointing instructs you. The most, I mean, the purpose, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. He comes to teach, to instruct. And if you don't receive teaching and instruction, but you want always manifestation... That's when people get flaky. They don't want teaching. They don't want instruction. But they want the anointing. We just read it. 1 John 2, 20. The anointing that abides in you teaches you all things. Verse 27. The anointing, the sacred appointment, the unction you receive from him instructs you. Teaches you all things. So the Holy Spirit is an instructor and a teacher. And people don't want instruction and teaching, but they want to be touched. They live from a touch to a touch, but they're never changing. And, and, you know, and you see them, they're getting touched, but they really don't carry the anointing outside. And the anointing is not increasing on their life because if you are not receiving teaching and instruction, so if you want the anointing to increase on your life, you got to receive teaching and instruction. Amen. Amen. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. He's going to teach you and instruct you, establish you in the word, establish you in the truth establish you in the principles of the word of God so you can live a godly life and he empowers you he not only instructs you and teaches you he also empowers you to be able to live out the word because you can't live out the word by your own the strength of the flesh you can't do it if you try to live out the word in the flesh you get religion you get legalism you get traditions formulas methods and the church is full of them but there is no formula to the anointing because it's based on a relationship. So you develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, and the more you yield, and I, talk, I, be, I started tonight by talking about if you want the anointing to increase on your life, you have to yield more. The more you yield, the more the anointing will increase on your life. Why? Because what is ultimately the anointing? It's the work of the Holy Spirit. So the more you yield to the Holy Spirit, the more the work of the Holy Spirit will be manifest and evident in your life. Very simple. Amen. Now, think about this. The fruit of the Spirit is also a, a direct work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Love, joy, peace, patience, right? Goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. These are the nine fruit of the Spirit. And so... The anointing increase on your life also means that 
the fruit is increasing, that you are cultivating the fruit of the Spirit, not only in, obviously, quantity, but also in quality. And that is character. So you must have a desire to grow in, a, in godly character. And so the anointing will increase on your life when your character is growing. When your character, when you're cultivating character, when you focus on developing character more than receiving and, and, and moving in the gifts. And that's another issue we have in the church world. People want to operate in the gifts. But gifts are given. But fruit is developed. Character is developed. And character is not a gift. Character takes work. You have to work on your character together with the Holy Spirit as he instructs you as he disciplines you as he sometimes rebukes you as he reproves you you have to be willing to grow and to change and the more you grow the more you change the more the anointing will increase on your life so when it comes to how to receive and increase the anointing it's there's one thing to receive it but then there's another thing to keep the anointing in your life I've seen many people receive the anointing and then lose it because they didn't do the things that it takes to stay in the anointing. And whatever gets you into the anointing is the same thing that's going to keep you in the anointing, which is hunger, thirst, yieldedness, amen, surrender, holiness, purity, pressing in, you know. And then people, you see them, they press in for a season and then you see them getting touched. But then you see them pull back. I watch people all the time. They pull back. They pull back. They pull back. You know, they're not pressing in. They come like every once in a while. And then even when they come, you can see, you can sense, you can see they're not really pressing in. It's like they're here, but they're not here. You know, because you just coming to this service or to any service physically does not guarantee that you're going to receive. Because you have to not only come physically, be here present, but you have to also open your spirit, man, to receive and allow the spirit of God to continue to work in you. And then you have to be obviously open to the word. Unfortunately, again, another issue we have in this charismatic world is people just want to come. They want to get touched, but they don't want teaching. And then there are some churches out there they claim to be in revival, but it's just, you know, there really is very little teaching and preaching of the word. It's all prophetic, gifts, manifestations, shofars, flags, this, that, and every, everything that is under the sun. And anything they, that's weird, they sort of gravitate towards it because they don't have balance in their life. The word always brings balance. And they even come around here, they, they love it until we start preaching and teaching the word and then they don't love it so much. They're great as long as they're rolling on the floor. But then when you bring the word and then you talk about commitment, responsibility, tithing, submission. The quickest way to test these people is preach on submission and authority. The quickest way to test what's going on in them. You preach on submission and authority and they, they, now they start manifesting something else. Because they don't like submitting. They don't like to be told what to do. And they want to be these uh, free-spirited, bohemian spirit. You know what a bohemian lifestyle is. A very free-spirited, like a hippie style. Like they just want to float here, float there. 
float around, float from flower to flower like a butterfly, and, and you know, and they just, they never really, they never really settle down anywhere. Amen. Answer it. Might be God calling you. Amen. So the anointing is not just there, you know, for us to have this great time in church. It always has a purpose attached to it. The anointing always, always manifests and is released for a purpose, a divine purpose. God accomplishes something by the anointing. People get healed, people get delivered, people get set free, you know, people get restored, people, people are made whole, people receive revelation, people receive wisdom, people receive divine instruction, they receive strategies, they receive, you know, guidance. Amen. Remember, the Holy Spirit is the teacher. He's the counselor. He's the helper. So you have to receive the Holy Spirit in his fullness. The anointing is the manifest presence of God. It is the grace, the gift, and the presence of God. It is the equipment, the supernatural equipment to get the job done. Thank you. It's like electricity in the natural. The anointing is just like electricity. Just the same way electricity is in the natural, the anointing is like God's electricity in the supernatural. Anybody ever here been electrocuted accidentally? And you're still here today, so you know you you got zapped. You didn't die, but who's ever been zapped by electricity? You felt it go through your whole body, didn't you? That's exactly how the anointing is. It's like it's like God's electricity, and the reason you got zapped is you touched something. If you hadn't touched it, you would not have been zapped. But the moment you touched it, there was a transference of something that was invisible because if it had been visible you would have known not to touch it right so it was a live wire or something and you touched it or maybe there was a short you know you touched it and you got zapped something was transferred into your physical body and you felt it even after you took your hand off you still were feeling it Amen. Amen. That's what happens. So it's the same way. The anointing works the same way. There has to be a touch. There has to be a contact that's made, and there must be a transfer. There must be a source where the anointing, God's electricity in the supernatural, is presently available, and at the point of contact, there's a transfer, and then there's a manifestation, and there's a feeling. You feel it. You sense it. And even after the touch is disconnected, it lingers. You still feel it. Amen. So that's the exact way that the anointing operates. Now, of course, think about this. If you were wearing rubber gloves and you touched a live wire, it wouldn't affect you. Because rubber does not transmit or transfer electricity. It insulates. 
But if you had naked hands, you touched because your body is electrical. Your body is electrical and your body can receive electricity. You received it because your body is conductive. So don't be one of these Christians that walks around in a rubber hazmat suit that comes to church. Wants to be isolated and insulated against the anointing. I'm coming here, but nobody's touching me for nothing. That includes God. And even in meetings, people say, don't touch me. I go like this, don't touch me. What's your problem? And then there are superconductors. If you really want to get into electric fear of theory of elect there are conductors and there are superconductors superconductors have very 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 low resistance and what makes a wire or a, a conduit more conductive is the least the resistance the more conductive it is so don't put up a resistance some christians are like super resistors i mean they are like on the resistor scale, they're like at the top. They resist so much. But resistor still allows a little bit to pass. But I mean, it's just not enough. Don't resist the anointing. Don't resist God's electricity. Amen. Circuit theory 101. But I, I decided on, I want to be a superconductor. I don't want to be a resistor. I don't want to also be insulated. I want to be conductive. And then there are capacitors. These are that receive and store electricity, and they're able to release it at a later time. And sometimes there could be a time release that could be set on a capacitor. So I decided I want to be a capacitor. I want to receive the anointing. I'm going to carry it. Then I want to be able to release it. Because see, the capacitor does not need to always be connected to the power source. Like a battery. You charge it. It holds the charge, carries the charge, and releases it. Even if it's not connected to the power source. So... And different batteries have different capacities. So I've decided a long time, I want to have large capacity. And I pray, Lord, increase my capacity. Amen. Increase my capacity. Okay? You know. That's one of the things that constantly working on technology. I mean, from the first generation iPhone to the one now. I mean, the battery capacities have, like, increased by 20, 30, 40 50 fold i mean it really has increased a lot so i i want to i pray i want my capacity to increase come on put your hands on your belly say lord increase my capacity to receive and to carry the anointing hallelujah <laughs> So your spirit man is where the anointing is stored 
and carried and released. And so the condition of your spirit man is going to make all the difference. If your spirit man all rusted, haven't had the new operating system upgraded in like 10 years, slow. Come on, running all old version of the apps. So old that Moses would even call you old. Amen. Hallelujah. So you need an upgrade. You need to stay up to date. You need to always be learning and growing and receiving new revelation, new updates from the Holy Ghost that gets downloaded to your spirit, man, so that you are fresh, you are current, you're on cutting edge, you're in tune with the season. You're not running on 20 years, 20 year old revelation. You're not running on oil from 10 years ago. You're always receiving fresh oil, fresh fire fresh revelation you're in the word some christians the last time they opened their bible was five years ago they've never read it for themselves i mean they come to church and if it's a decent church at least if there's some decent preaching and teaching they might be getting something but you can't just be living on what you receive in church now here you receive a lot if you're obviously not everybody some people i see like once every three months but people that come to services, I mean, we got members I haven't seen in three, four months. Where are these people? They become a member. I, I'll never see them again. Like, what is the problem with these people? Come to membership class. Last time I saw them was at the membership induction. What the heck was that about? Why would you even become a member? Even at the river. Or they become a member. Next week they're offended, leaving already. Already? That's soon. So soon. One week. Shelf life of one week. What is that about? If you ever figure it out, let me know. I'm still trying to figure it out. After 27 years. One week rolling on the floor, next week rolling out the door. I mean, I don't even understand it. It's pretty wild. You figure it out yet? We just look at each other and go, have you figured it out? I don't know. What do I do? Ha, ha, ha. Oh, he, I mean, you know. Where was I? Before we rolled out the door. The anointing. The anointing. Yeah, I know the anointing, but <laughs> membership. Fresh revelation. Fresh revelation. Thank you. 
So you can have fresh bread or stale bread. Who likes stale bread? Who likes fresh bread right out of the oven? Come on. See, you don't have ovens here. I mean, bakeries. We, in Turkey, we have like bakeries in every corner. I mean, they'll like, bread will be coming out every day, every hour from the oven. You go in like you can't even hold it. You, you eat half of it by the time you get home. <laughs> so I, my wife <laughs> used to live in Istanbul, sent me to get bread. I'd get two because I eat one on the way back. <laughs> the thing smells so good. It was all crunchy on the outside, fresh right out of the oven. Oh, my Lord. Fresh bread. And then you have to have fresh oil. Because you, you can have stale oil. It starts to get putrid and stinky. And then you also need to have fresh oil in your car. You need to have an oil change regularly. Some Christians, the last oil change, my Lord. <laughs> I mean, there's still factory oil. 100,000 miles, factory oil. But obviously, you're not going to make it to 100,000 miles with factory oil. At some point, the thing's going to break down. You know? You've got to have oil change. Hallelujah. So this church is like a, you know, like a shop. We do oil changes here. change windshield wipers I mean some <laughs> flat tires tire service engine tune-ups somebody some of y'all got a tune-up on the floor today some of y'all wheels were misaligned wobbly you kind of came in wobbly out of balance and then we had to we had to get, get you in balance. Amen. So the church, I mean, and, and here's the thing. Some of these, you know, like we're talking about these, you know, the way that some of these churches operate, they, they say that the church is like a showroom. They, they try to make the Sunday service like a showroom. where Everything looks like spectacular Spick and span and shiny and just like a showroom. Churches ain't, it's a, this is not a showroom. It's a hospital. It's a repair shop. Because somebody got rear-ended this past week. <laughs> they got whiplash. They need some major repair. Amen. It's also like a place of restoration. You know, I mean, they're like a car from the 70s, all rusted, need a new paint job, restoration, huh? Dead battery. Dead battery. <laughs> <laughs> Jumping ain't even going to, they just need a brand new battery. Some of them need a jump. Some of them just need a brand new battery, a complete overhaul. I mean, the church, it's a hospital. It's a repair shop. People come here broken. People come here with problems and they need healing. And the anointing is there. That's the purpose of the anointing. So if you try to make everything look like it's perfect, it's like a showroom, and then it's all make-believe. You know. Trying to make everything look great, but yet really, 
It's like that big red apple. You take a bite out of it, and it's like, ugh. has no taste to it, no substance. That's the problem. Church is not a showroom to where everything has to look perfect and professional and, and, and clean and wonderful. It's like make-believe. It's like a movie. No. People come. They're hurt. They're broken. They need healing. They need help. They need deliverance. Some of them. I mean, you know, they, they got passengers in the car. Sometimes we open the trunk and there's some more passengers in the trunk. Then I open the hood, passengers snuck in the hood. Guy opens his hood, there's a rattlesnake in the hood in Texas. You know, so we got to... Get the passengers out. Pastor Vincent had a lot of passengers get out yesterday. So we got some testimonies. He goes, I, I don't know if we can take these testimonies. It was, it's a lot of passengers leaving. <laughs> but that's the purpose. If we're not getting passengers out, then why are you doing an encounter? The purpose of the encounter is, number one, casting out devils. We say it nicely, freedom, come for freedom, heal. But I really mean casting out devils. If you say come to encounter for the casting out of your devils, most people probably won't come. I mean, a few might because they really, really. But most don't realize that. I just want to come for freedom, joy, you know, liberty. But it really means getting a lot of stuff out. Huh? Painted in a good way. <laughs> Saturday afternoon casting out devils session. It, re it really is what it is, but. <laughs> He's like, if I have that before, I wouldn't have come. <laughs> Come for joy, but then that, that devil of depression has to leave. Come for healing, but that spirit of infirmity has to leave. How do we help people without the anointing? Only to a certain extent. Very limited. Say this after me. The burden removing, yoke destroying, anointing. So sometimes it's a matter of removing certain burdens. Sometimes it's a matter of literally destroying certain yokes. The fatness of your neck. So whatever yoke has been on your neck, the fatness or the anointing, which is oil, that's where the word fatness is, destroys that yoke destroys that yoke so not only is the anointing there for you to help others but obviously the anointing is there for you to stay free walk in freedom so that you are not burdened 
and you're not yoked with a hard yoke and a heavy burden. So walk free, walking in freedom, walking in freedom, walking in freedom. Keep the anointing. Stay in the anointing. Walk in freedom. Walk in freedom. Walk in freedom. Walk in freedom. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. So the anointing is not some mystical force. This ain't Star Wars. I don't have to ask people what they need, what they have, and, and sometimes what they're asking for is not what they need. You know that. And I've been in that situation, you know. Go to a meeting, Lord, I really need $10,000 right now. The Lord said, no, you don't. No, Lord, I really do. No, you don't. What do I need? You need wisdom. You need a plan. Lord, please, $10,000 would really fix a lot. No, you need a plan. If I gave you $10,000, you would know what to do with it. You need a plan. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You need a plan. Who needs a plan? Who needs a plan again? Keep your hands up. Lift them up both. Who needs a plan? The Holy Ghost plan. He instructs you, teaches you. You need no man to teach you. Father, Lord, give these people a plan. Download a plan into their spirit right now, even tonight. Some of them are going to receive it even as they sit here tonight. Others, they're going to go to bed tonight and they're going to have a dream and the plan shall unfold to them in the dream tomorrow some of them they're going to wake up in the morning and they just all of a sudden they're just going to know in their spirit what to do hallelujah hallelujah i've been in a situation like that i've i really needed like i really needed like a plan i really needed no, to know what to do in a situation and i just went to bed and i said you know what? i'm not even going to worry about this thing i'm just going to go to bed tonight holy ghost i just cast my burdens on you i just Receive the peace of God. I'm going to sleep well tonight, and I'm not even, this is not even going to bother me. And I said, Holy Spirit, thank you that when I wake up in the morning, I will know exactly what to do. And I wake up in the morning, I open my eyes. First thing, I know exactly what to do. I just know it. Some, you know, you just have to come to that place of rest because the answer is really there. The problem is you just worked up in your head. You're trying to figure it out, and you can't really hear. So you have to just go, shelf all of that. And clear your mind, clear your spirit, clear your soul, clear, just clear everything up. And then it's like when you wake up in the morning, you just know what to do. Try that. Sometimes the best thing you can do for the anointing is just to actually rest and take a nap. Or just get a good night's sleep, you know. Instead of just getting worked up about everything. I'm going to pray, I'm going to pray this thing through the night. Well, there might be a time you need to do that. Sometimes you just need to sleep it through the night. I'm serious. Just get into that place of rest. Just get a good night's sleep. You'll wake up in the morning. You'll know what to do. Because it's actually the answer is already in there. It's just that it's not coming up to here because you got way too much going on in here. So the moment you remove all of that, the real answer, the, what's going to come from the Holy Ghost is going to come and become clear to you because you got a lot of stuff going on. you got a lot of stuff going on. 
That's why the clearing the clutter is going to be the best way to stay in the anointing because all the stuff, when you get all worked up, when you're all thinking through things, it actually hinders the anointing. Thank you for tuning into my podcast. I hope that you have been blessed. I would like for you to consider two things. Number one, subscribe to our show to receive notifications of our new podcasts. Number two, support our ministry of reaching the nations with revival by clicking on the link in the description or visiting our website, riverwpb.com. Thank you for tuning in. Look forward to you joining our next podcast. God bless you.